0: hello welcome to back to the point my name is Miggs, and that's my host over there ian uh we are at the point where the dust has settled uh the fog is cleared with free agency um whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing from the shark's perspective but We'll get into that a little bit today in our discussion, and uh, actually, and I think that's a good place to start, um, just chatting a little bit about how free agency went down uh, for the Sharks, which is nothing, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'll I'll get us kicked, uh, kicked off today talking about the main question of interest, which has faded now out of people's minds somewhat, besides some sadness, but... Uh, the Sharks were seemingly in it on John Tavares, and he ended up going up to going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Going back home, it was believed that the Sharks were pretty close in it, maybe the top two, one of the top two teams. Um, it, it, it ended up being that they were maybe third at best, and we've talked about this a little bit. The the understanding from John Tavares' perspective, you know, if I was in his situation, if I was in the NHL, you know, and I had grown up in San Jose as a Sharks fan, I for sure would want to go play for the Sharks, you know. So whatever whatever team uh, you grew up rooting for, I think if you're a pro player and have that option, that is definitely a strong desire, so I understand that. Uh, it's just disappointing because... It seemed like the sharks were the perfect storm, perfect mix of different things that might appeal to him. And apparently, we offered him the most money as well. Allegedly, and, uh, we
1: offered him thirteen million dollars. <laughs> that's so much money. Which is more than Connor McDavid makes. Or yeah. maybe not makes, but it's more than his cap hit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he but... just he he ended up going for that desire to play with his hometown team, which is understandable. But as you mentioned to me before, it was portrayed as he wanted to go somewhere where he could win. Now the Toronto Maple Leafs are pretty good and they can win uh, in the next few years, but are they the can best they set up have... to win? No, so they're not. They're, their D the is Cup. completely lacking. I think the Sharks would have been, and we're so we're, we just have to acknowledge again our bias. We're totally heavily biased, but the Sharks are in a far better position to have had a way more well-rounded team. I mean, if, if he had gone to the Sharks, we probably would have been at least the Western Conference favorite uh, or top two, te- top two or three teams in the Western Conference picked to go win the Stanley Cup next season. So it was a big bummer. It was kind of one of those things where you kick yourself and be like, man, we never get the, <laughs> the good players. Yeah. Um, which it's not necessarily true. We just get them through trades.
1: Yeah, I think. What that's, do you think? <laughs> I think the most annoying thing I think comes down to maybe three things. Um, I guess four. All all kind of small, but like obviously, if you get John Tavares, it's like franchise altering, you know.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Like, so it's like the biggest struggle any general manager can ever do arguably is replace your first-line center on the fly without tanking or replace your top-pairing defenseman on the fly without tanking. Um, I think that's probably the hardest thing. I think the first-line center maybe is the more important thing because um, it's all about who scores more. Right, so if you have terrible defense but you can score more, it doesn't matter as long as you get at least one more than the other team, which is like glaringly obvious, but for a stupid simple reason like that, I think I think the first line center is probably the hardest one to do on the fly because they're just as rare as defensemen, but um
0: Well yeah, and I mean there's probably some good players out there, but you would hope on your team you have one of the best players in the league on your team. Yeah, you know, I mean, sure. think about. <laughs> well, the Penguins have Sidney Crosby, right? And then. Um,
1: the Penguins have Tampa Crosby has, for an Tampa has million cap hit, which is a joke. Yeah. I mean, he so, signed that deal a while ago, so it was different, but now it's like that's such a good.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it's clear that those teams that have had a a truly elite, elite player. In their first line center position, tend to. I mean, this definitely is not all of of the story, but they, a decent amount of them, excel pretty well. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're always hoping to get that guy, you know, that you could build your team around at least. So,
1: yeah, it seems like the better your best offensive player is, the more holes and gaps it can fill in other places, you know? Mm hmm. Um, sorry, I'm like chewing on things in my mouth, so I'm probably making a lot of noise Sorry, listeners and migs. But
0: it also attracts other players, you know. That's another component. Yeah, where, yeah. So it's a huge oh, John thing. Tavares is on the Maple Leafs. I'm a free agent next summer. Yeah, totally, I want to totally. play with him. You know. <laughs>
1: so I think yeah, clearly that's all to say, um, Laning Tavares would have been a franchise-altering move, and I think that would have completed, um, Doug Wilson's transition from one core to the next right like i i honestly like couture is young enough that he's considered the next core coming through like he's now the core but there was previous players before him when we are still winning brent burns is new um we transitioned from him from boyle uh vlasic is still young enough uh yeah so like that that would just literally would have been so perfect so perfect. Yeah. He would have gone from Thornton to Tavares, right? That would have been so good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's kind of sucks to miss out on because, you know, it's obviously such a big thing. The other thing that sucks is, like, the information. There was literally, there wasn't any information at all.
0: It was which so Which is, like, tightly totally fair. time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because like if they want to have like a tight ship and not leak anything at all, like cool, like that. I'm sure there's benefits to that and there's reasons why. Like go ahead and do it. But then all the insiders were like, "We actually have heard rumblings and blah blah blah." And they, everyone was talking out of their butts. Like literally, no one actually was reporting anything based in the end result at all. Mm-hmm. At all, except for maybe the previous like ten, twenty minutes before he signed, when he was but- like. Now I have to find a picture from when I was a kid when I was wearing Maple Leafs stuff and I was in my bed with my Naboo Starfighter.
0: Yeah. Maple Leafs The sheets. only super reliable thing I thought was Arthur Staple from The Athletic, who covers the Islanders, I think. And he was pretty Ooh. much just reporting on how the Islanders were out of it at a certain point. But even that came really late. Right? Yeah, but
1: even that, it was like not actually true. Because he, up until like a, I think a day or two before, he was like, I still think he stays. And I was like, okay, you said think. And then it wasn't based on any fact. But then he was like, the Islanders are out of it. It's number one, sharks, number two, maple Leafs." It's like, oh, sick. And then we get to it and he hears that on Saturday, which was to June 30th, he knew that it was between the Islanders and the maple Leafs, And then he didn't tell the sharks before July 1st, which I think is kind of a a shady thing to do, right? Like John Tavares doesn't know our plan B. If our plan B was to go get James Neal and to fill out our top six a little bit deeper with stronger talent, like, or trade for Ryan O'Reilly, you know, the more time we can get in on those deals, the better. So I think it was kind of shady that it took him that long. And once he for sure knew, he didn't tell anyone because – he, we should have been able to make a move if we wanted to it's very clear that we weren't but um you know Tavares doesn't know what our plan b is if we don't get him you know and it would be stupid for us to tell him so why would we tell him anyways so I don't like that that he th- there was no information everything reported turned out to be wrong or just like not based in reality or like soon became very clear that there was not actually any basis to what they were saying. It was really just all speculation, even if they didn't frame it that way. And a lot of them did frame it that way, that they're like, this is what I think, or I'm hearing rumblings, and the rumor is, but, you know, they're the insiders, so their, their thoughts and rumors um, seemingly Personally. are always, yeah, they have way more weight, and there was such a lack of information that anything said was, like, extremely dissected. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah. And the big thing about that is that he wanted to win. And it's like, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, not just be on a competitive team, the Sharks are f- for sure the best bet. Yeah. We are scheduled to not decline, like scheduled, like we penciled it in or something like that. Like, our core can probably compete for Stanley Cup for the next two or three years, probably three to four, before we need big changes. Yeah, uh, barring some unforeseen circumstance. Yeah. And. We're, like, right there. We were there three seasons ago. We were two games, winning two games away from winning the Stanley Cup. Like, the Maple Leafs, like, clearly they're front-loaded, but they have three amazing players, and who knows what it's going to be like in three years when they're all making that much money, and uh, the ice time is restricted. You know, like, they have all that money tied up in those three players. Like, how are they going to pay for defense? right everyone, that's a
0: question right now. that's well, a question, right question next summer, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and the thing is it and the, like the the Maple Leafs GM and the writers from Toronto are like we can do it. Here's how, mathematically. And they just like completely they just are so tunnel focused on it. It's like I'm sure you can do it, but to think that it's not gonna impact another aspect of your roster is a joke. So yeah. I think that they're a little bit short-sighted in the fact that, like yeah i'm sure you can physically and like under the cap keep all these players but you're also your third and fourth lines are going to be league minimum players you know right like go ahead with that so i don't like that there was no information the information was wrong and then uh he also called Marlow, and Marlow was like come to san jose Come to come to the Maple Leafs. Oh, I wish. I did that because I wanted <laughs> to win the Stanley Cup. And it's like, that's some shade, man. That was uh, that it's... was a little bit of a low blow. Like, I get it. <laughs> Obviously, he's like, come to my team where I play. Yeah. But just hearing it from, like, your franchise player who also left and that's still, like, a fresh wound, you know.
0: <laughs> and, For, yeah, with the same team that he left to, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, should I go to the San Jose? No, 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 you should go to the Leafs. That's where I am. There's a reason why I left. It's like, oh, gosh.
0: Well, you know, yeah, that is shade. And it hurts, especially because we didn't get player. And then last summer, we have that even more painful wound that Marlowe left. But, I mean, with the situation that he's in now, of course he's going to want him to come to his team. And, say, yeah, totally. and Of course he still has the goal of winning. That's his, like, ultimate goal. He's been really successful besides that in his career. Um he, there's a good chance he would have stayed with the Sharks if we had offered him that extra year but
1: yeah
0: I, I know you brought up, I know you had some sour thoughts the other day you brought up how he had rumors were that he had requested a trade uh, a couple years ago I think it was 2015 the year before we went to the cup final So it was like the I understand year we went that. to the
1: cup final when we were like bottom of the league when we were um, for the early part of the year and then themes started to shake up and we were doing really well and it kind of quieted. There rumors that he was going to go with the trade deadline.
0: Oh, was it the same year? I think it was. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, in any case, I mean, I, I tend to try and look at it through an optimistic viewpoint. You know, he's been at the team so long. You're definitely going to have periods of disillusionment. And then there was hope. There was, It got better after that, you know. <laughs> I think yeah. the Sharks were just in a tough position. and Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, giving him that extra year—that was that was just the turning point. Um, I still think it was a decision. I I just dislike the Maple Leafs so much more now, mm-hmm. and I think uh, listening or or you know, you go on Twitter and you see some of the comments that people are making on those little tidbits from the insiders, and man, Maple Leafs fans were so annoying. They're the worst. So it's like, do you really only understand? like, Maple Leafs only. <laughs> the, the, their vision was so focused on, like, their team only, and, like, they couldn't understand how he would maybe prefer another team. And this is before we discovered that he wanted to go and play for his hometown team, yeah. right? The whole impression that we got about Tavares was he, he's a low-key guy. He doesn't like the spotlight on him. He wouldn't like... That, those would definitely be something that would hurt him in Toronto, right? Because he's going to get a lot of spotlight in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Sharks, the Sharks would have been great for that in a market where he wouldn't be under so much scrutiny. Um, Definitely a very passionate fan base that we have. But it it definitely seemed like things were very tilted in our favor in a lot of ways until we actually found out what his primary motivations were. And then we're like, well, that sucks that we just got strung along. And like you said, he didn't notify the Sharks and he didn't notify the Stars and the Bruins and the Lightning I mean, uh, well, so the, Lightning the Lightning went and did the their ruins, own thing.
1: It's like you're literally going to have to trade away like a lot of yeah. your team for the to make this work. I don't really know. The why The Lightning
0: they were went there. And ha- went ahead and did things. Eiserman was just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they
1: but, they re-signed a player. It was like, well, they're out. <laughs> That's 5 million yeah. that you needed to trade away. That now you can't.
0: But but that is sad because he does, he did claim that he decided on Saturday afternoon. Well, it's like, well, why didn't you tell us? You know, <laughs> before. Uh, you, know, you know, to be fair, maybe he did. And, the sh- and no. Doug Wilson was just like, I'm not willing to pay any of these free agents or pursue them because I know that what but he we're not going to get Don- John Tavares, they, these other players aren't that worth it. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. And we still I mean, I know. think
1: that's his thought process, but it's very clear that he didn't notify anyone. I believe that was yeah. reported as well. No one yeah. knew his decision until he, until he made it.
0: But you know, Doug Wilson made think that it conference would have call. And he's Doug like
1: Wilson's plan, which is why I agree with you. But I, I was saying, he did say he
0: handled it professionally. I think in terms yeah. of professionalism, you let the team teams know when you're they're out of it, you know, yeah. and not until like the end, right? Like so, maybe
1: not. Okay, like there was two hours where I was deliberating, and then an hour later I knew. Like okay, yeah, you if don't it's, have to tell if them it right away. If it comes way. down
0: to like the day of, but if you decide in the afternoon on the previous day,
1: yeah, we're talking like a good like maybe 24 hour time period it's like in free agency day if you look who's not taken or not reported to have like locked up the deal the day before and then the day after free agency a lot changes so you know yeah i I, who knows it doesn't seem like doug wilson really wanted to do it i feel like if you made a, a mashup video of Doug Wilson talking about how he wants to change his roster over the past year up until today, it would be like, I believe that we can use our cap space, cap, 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 cap space to bring in a, <laughs> a different difference, difference maker, maker, maker. <laughs> <laughs> He's only said that like a million oh, times Don't
0: forget that works for now and the future That works for now, now, now Now, No, 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 now The future, 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 <laughs> Yeah,
1: he, he says it every single time and, it, and you look at the people who are on the free agent market I think um, I think uh, Ryan O'Reilly would have been Someone who could have been a difference maker like that But um, I'm not sure if the Sharks wanted to give up Quite what was given up for him
0: Because the Blues have a deeper
1: high-end prospect pool than the Sharks do. So it probably would have been a little bit more coming from a roster instead of prospects. And if that means getting rid of Timo Meyer, that means no. We all know where I stand on Timo, so... Yeah. (laughs) And it also seems like the Sharks, like, post-draft, they've been talking about Timo as a core member who's, like, untouchable.
0: Uh
1: Uh-huh. He's mentioned the same sentence as Couture and... Like, Vlasic now. Which is really interesting. Maybe just because we're talking about players the Sharks have drafted. But he's included in that, like, core now, which is kind of an interesting shift that I've noticed. Um, So I definitely think that the front office views him as, like, a non-starter for trades, unless... I don't know. Yeah. So, it was sad. I definitely think Marlo leaving is sadder because that's more of a gutted feeling. Oh, for sure. Tavares leaving, it's like Tavares leaving. He was never here, so it's just like, oh, what could have been? But yeah, the
0: hard thing, the hard thing about Tavares is that, like, week leading up to it, we had really started to hype ourselves up about it, you know? Yeah, Twitter. And then when it just like Tavares to Toronto, you're like, of course, of course.
1: (sighs) And then and then everyone. I told you, I was was like, like, Toronto gets
0: everything they want, but then I was like. No, they've been not good for years and years and years.
1: <laughs> they've been not good for longer than we've been a franchise, so actually yeah. Yeah, no, they, yeah, but anyways, it's just like, and the thing that was annoying is that since there was literally nothing coming out, it was like a a tight ship for this whole time, they were like, someone was like, "Oh my gosh, Toronto has enough cap space to do a one year max deal." And then if they did that, Then they'd have his rights. And then they could sign him to eight years. They could have him for nine years total. And then the next, like, three days was literally nothing about, like, will Tavares take a one-year max contract? And it's just some, like, rando on Twitter, like, floating the idea. And then, like, the Maple Leafs at noon were talking about it with, like, John Shannon and everyone on the show (laughs) and Damian Cox, who, like, definitely is the least respected commentator out of the whole group that they bring in. Do not like him. Me... (laughs) I Meaning, yeah, he I mean, clearly his him the least. his views are the least updated outside of Toronto area, but um, yeah, it's just like that, and then all of a sudden people were talking about taxes for like four days, and then it's like, well, Tavares can make the most money if he goes to Dallas. It's like we know that, like, <laughs> there are no taxes there. No versus some means he's gonna make more. Yeah, and then like yeah so then everything just got like all these completely inane storylines get like blown out of proportion and then he takes a contract for like he he doesn't take the highest million. Bidder. yeah it's just like what <sighs> like what and then he just like t- and then he leaves money on the table it's like everything that was talked about was just complete and utter trash which I, think, yeah. which I think is mostly what bothered me is that like they're hyping it up like, oh, this is what he's considering. And it's like, actually, you don't know anything. <laughs> the only thing that was factual was John Liu from TSN Montreal <laughs> reporting standing outside the offices saying <laughs> when they went into the office in LA and when they left and how long it took. <laughs> it was, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: followed him for about a week and that was fun. But, yeah, dude, that was... It was a whole ordeal for sure. Like when Stamkos was coming, the Stamkos thing two years ago. Like I never bought into that. I was like, yeah, it's he's not going to come. Like, I
0: yeah, oh yeah.
1: I was just like, there's no way. Like he he doesn't. Why would he leave? I mean, the Well, we Lightning? didn't
0: even really know that the sharks were necessarily pursuing him or necessarily at the top of the list. You know. Yeah. Maybe Lightning. we thought, oh, Doug Wilson's going to kick some tires on this, but when yeah. the, the news came out that he. People thought that he might have gone to San Jose if he didn't re-up with Tampa. It's like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently the Toronto presentation was like crazy over the top, I and mean, that's what it was like. He listened to their t- presentation and then straight up called to uh, the Lightning. It was like, okay, I'm ready to sign now. It's like if you had just shifted the order and San Jose went first, like maybe we would have had Stamkos, the sixty goal scorer, on our team. Yeah, but. There's not much to talk about after that in terms of very, very exciting things. Like, so Couture resigns, right? The same day. They don't announce that deal until Tavares officially says no. Yeah. And then it's just like, we're very blessed to have Couture, one of like maybe arguably the best player in our team. Like, not even question resigning. Of course he's gonna sign. Yeah. It's not like oh maybe he'll stay, maybe he'll leave. It's like no, like it's 99% sure he's staying. And there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And it doesn't really seem like we've ever had some like really big core free agent player like leave. I think the last one probably would have been Brian Campbell after we traded from the trade deadline. But
0: It's not like he was committed to our franchise beforehand.
1: Yeah, it was a trade deadline acquisition. Even with Evander Kane, I was like, Okay, yeah, so Evander Kane re signed and signed a seven year forty nine million dollar contract with a no trade clause for a three team, no trade list or a three team. You can only trade me to three teams that I approve of list. Yeah. Um, And people were freaking out over that contract. And it's like, if you see all these contracts getting signed and then like, Oh, everyone's overpaying. Everyone's overpaying everyone. Every contract ever signed is overpaying the last two years. It's like, maybe you need to change your algorithms, which is like, Predicting all this stuff and comparing things from 2006 signed contracts and 2010 signed contracts to 2018 signed contracts. Yeah. Like, things are very different. The salary cap went up 5 million this year. And if everyone is overpaid in your mind, maybe your mind is wrong. Or maybe that's just what has to happen to keep a player. Like maybe 7, other $7 million players score 35 goals this season. Great. Uh, match Pacharetti is like that. He's making like 4.5 million or 6 million or something like that. And he's like a 35 goal scorer above 30 for the past like three years in a row, except for this past season. And he's making like deadly squat. It's like, yeah, well, if that's your contract when you signed six years ago and you were making good money, like,
0: yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot six to eight years ago. Again. Yeah,
1: and that's the whole thing. So people are talking about all these, like, oh, they overpaid. It's like, what did you expect them to get? They're like, oh, I expected them to get six. It's like, oh, okay. So he's overpaid by like one million dollars. Like, it's not like we gave him ten. Yeah, and listen, if
0: proportion. we offered him six, then he might have signed elsewhere.
1: Exactly, it's like, do you want Noah Vanderkane on
0: your team? Maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you could replace <laughs> Evander Kane's production and the style of play with a different person, would you do it? Yes. Yeah. We believe so. Yeah. We would want that. But uh, we can't get. Um, Evander Kane's on ice play From someone else So it's Okay do you re-sign him or sign him else? Like do you give him 7 Or maybe give him the 5.75 That you think he should make and he's worth For like a totally fair market deal Uh, Cool He's not going to take that because someone else Is going to offer him 7 and then he's going to go get 7 million dollars there So then do you say okay Maybe we just won't sign him at all then Great when do you cave to actually get a good player in your team like if you lose every single time maybe you need to change your approach yeah and it seems like Doug Wilson has started to do that in the past like 3 years
0: oh he absolutely he's has he's giving he-
1: longer deals he's giving you no know, trade clauses and stuff like that yeah long term deals a lot of money on the table for four y- players five players in our roster now
0: did did you listen to the um the interview they had with him on the on Teal Town USA.
1: How did they get him? Yeah, Guys,
0: I know, right? Guys, if you're right? listening, tell us what you we did. We just have to go down the SAP center. He said at the end, like, we love talking hockey. Glad, glad to do this. It's like, okay.
1: <laughs> we'll just, like, camp outside his office.
0: Dad, Doug. Doug, give us an interview, too, please. Doug Jr., tell your dad. <laughs> Doug, Doug Jr., we'll talk to you, too. <laughs> uh, but he was the saying center how, because they asked him particularly, you used to not really offer long contracts to people. And he he loves to say things like this. He's like, it's just the reality of the collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> and it's like, thank he, you, Doug, yes. Which is true, though. He, he has to adapt to whatever the current climate is and how contracts are being signed around the league. Yeah, totally. Um, based on kind of like what's in place. And so... Because of that, he's been able to keep Brent Burns. He's been able to keep Vlasic, which are definitely worth it players in terms of continuing the success um, of the franchise. Um, yeah, totally. I think. And now, just more recently, getting Couture and Hurdle. I mean, we just re signed Hurdle, too. Mm-hmm. And we talked in our last podcast at the end of the season of, of what a difference maker Hurdle was in the playoffs. He just really took the lead uh, on the ice. Yeah. Uh, so.
1: Um, I remember yeah, three seasons that's ago.
0: important. Important signing.
1: Totally. I remember three seasons ago, people were talking about, like, man, Hurdle was killing it in the Pittsburgh series, and then he went to injury, and uh, that totally changed how play went. I, I think I must have been missing something because immediately I was like, yeah, we lost the top six forward, so that hurts. But I didn't really understand. Maybe it was just more obvious because um, everyone was scoring everything the season we went to the cup final, but against Vegas and all these other teams, it was like Hurdle is slaying the competition like mm-hmm. so good. So it's very yeah. clear that he's a difference maker now. So I love the contract he signed.
0: And, and if you remember, if we're talking about Doug Wilson's prowess as a general manager, in terms of Hurdle in particular. He signed a gap contract for two years. Yep. More recently, at three million per year, I think it was. You know, that's a very reasonable deal to swallow if you are concerned about all those knee. injury. Like, is are his injuries going to catch up to him? Is he ever going to be a really truly effective full year player? Um, he had a full year this year. Yeah, he was really good.
1: And I don't. I mean, you are in that line of work. If I don't know if there's anything to add about that, with the health of his knee long-term effects from his knee injuries well
0: i i just i, I was just thinking about this because um, i guess we could also if,
1: extend this to thornton so if you have any thoughts barring that,
0: head what? injuries and concussions like i'm not that i think a player can bounce back you know if they if if they put the work in and they rehabilitate well and they have like a good group around them um when you get into the neurological stuff with concussions that's still a largely unknown quantity and they're learning more about that every day but in terms of his knee injury yeah i think he can bounce back i mean um there are certain cases where people maybe don't recover as well but that might be a number of factors you know maybe they never really rehabilitated properly they never really given the chance or the time to do that by whatever organization they were in um i mean rafi torres Remember his whole deal with his ACL. He had those infections and stuff, but he also had, like, cadaver ACLs, you know, which are, I think, more risky. And then at the same time, he was an older player already. He was already in his mid-30s. So, yeah, I mean, I – when a player gets injured with, like, a knee injury and whatnot, it's – there are uh, – If it's like a knee injury or like a hip injury, I think a player can bounce back from things like those. They just need some time and they need to put the effort in. Uh, obviously, it's not, it's not the case in every situation. Um, that, that's just my opinion based on um, what I do as a physical therapist, but also just knowing I think personality has a lot to do with the way people can recover from injuries and such uh personality and kind of their viewpoint and their perspective and i think professional athletes are very motivated to continue doing what they do and so that i think that's a huge factor um yeah
1: like especially so uh,
0: yeah yeah like like joe thornton mm-hmm. he's i think he's gonna be okay to play at least for another year uh hurdle he's been really good about coming back from his injuries all of you, these guys are dealing with some injuries on a year to year basis, it seems like too. So
1: Would you say that yeah. your statement about Thornton being good for another year? Is that more about his age or more about his injuries? Or a combination of both?
0: I think it's a combination of You
1: obviously don't know him personally or like his medical history or his situation or anything like that. But
0: just Yeah, I don't I, I think I don't think I think his age is something where he's getting towards the end of his career anyway. Yeah. But I think factoring in the type of player he is And the way he, what reports we've heard about how committed he is to rehabbing and getting better. Um, He is a very motivated individual. And I think if he can, you know, he's going to get his strength back. He's going to get his ability to react and respond and use that leg well again. As long as he puts the time and the effort in it, and with the type of player he is, he's already aging anyway. It's not like he's going to be the fastest skater, but that's not where the main strength of his game is. He's,
1: yeah, which is which and is. And good. think about
0: like, think about last year. He was coming off a knee surgery, and at the beginning of the season, he you know it was a bit of a slow start, but he was he only what good. four or five months out. But as the season went along, he was scoring a lot more goals. Yeah, he was than, 60 point <laughs> he's pace. at a pace to score goal like a lot of like a decent amount of goals and yeah. and put up a He's got goals. a good shot. He can still get a really good shot off. He can still have his brain and his, his mental awareness of um
1: how he you know, the game.
0: thinking the game well. And he still can have that strength, you know? At least for another year, I think.
1: Yeah. Um I'm not sure how true this is, so maybe you can shoot me down, but what he's also said is that um, referencing how well he came back once he was in game shape, which took you know a couple games for him to get there once he came back. Um, uh But he said that like that rest that he had um uh, really helped him come back really strong and play really well and I think the fact that he's had that one time last season and the season before. So the season before, when he first injured his knee, going into last season, last season going into this season, this very long extended time off where he can refocus and rest, which is something that's been huge, and he credited DeBoer when DeBoer first came in, that first season we went to the final, saying that these rest days and maintenance days, that was really forced upon him. But once he realized the benefit, he really like embraced it, and it really improved his play. And you saw the first season under DeBoer, he did really well. Thornton put up a ton of points, um, even at 30, I think he was like 36 or like 36 that year something like that. So um, I think that will, I mean, who knows what can happen with his injury, but I think it will help him play longer, honestly. Maybe it will help him, having these two seasons of very extended rest, I think could help extend his career by a year or something like that, which I am all for. Like, get jumbo here as long as possible a because we love him and then b because finding someone uh, as he declines in skill uh, not in skill but just in production uh like he's a first line center now not an elite first line center but he's a first line center uh at least like a 1a uh 2a 2b type thing with couture Clearly better than a third-line center, but as he goes in the next couple of years, he kind of might shift down to a third-line center, but then we'd be have two really good second-line centers and a really good third-line. Um, so, like, we have more time with him the longer we have in the roster to fix this issue with we need a first-line center.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I think... Uh, Well, something else I want to add, you're talking about his ability to adapt. We talked about Doug Wilson adapting as a general manager, but do you think about older players? I think him and Marlowe have always been guys that you'd say took really good care of their bodies. Mm -hmm. I think Thornton's mentioned how he's like, yeah, I get like 10 hours of sleep like every night. (laughs) It's like, that's insane. (laughs) Um, And they
1: also take like naps before every game. Yeah, and
0: he's also going to look for ways to keep himself going in a good way. And if that means taking less ice time, taking a reduced role, moving down to the second line center or the third line center, Mm -hmm. I think he's okay with that. I think he's settled into the position of, you know, I mean, I probably want to finish my career with this franchise, and I want to win. He stated that. That
1: feels good to hear.
0: Yeah, he wants to win. He wants to finish with this franchise, and he wants to win still. And he's willing to do what it takes to adapt his own game around where the team is going. He was willing to take a major pay cut, it seems like, to yeah. do whatever it took to get John Tavares. Which he did
1: know? this past season when he took eight. That was a ton of money. But yeah. he was previously making 6.7. So let's just say seven for easy math. Like, he went up to eight for one year. Um, and everyone was saying, oh, he should take around five to six. was what people in the know were saying. Um, so... Like if you judge over a two year contract that is um a thirteen million dollar contract, that's like six point five. Six point five. So it's yeah. basically what he made is cap it over two different years, but there was reports to say that he was going to take significantly lower. So maybe yeah. three million. Right? Uh, if we were able to sign Tavares and that and if we sign Tavares, what's his role? It's not first line center, I'll tell you that is it second line center who knows but it's not your current role and he was willing and the whole team was up for that
0: so oh, he probably i think that shows that he's going to
1: age well yeah instead of um throwing a fit about not being a first line center and like oh i i need to play at my level like i think clearly you know there's some pride right you don't want to be kicked out of the league you want to retire on your own terms instead of not being signed anywhere and then you're like oh well you know get scratched for games and stuff like that's you don't want that and he's not near that but um
0: he's probably mentally come to terms with what his priorities are
1: yeah kind I think of that's those, important. along
0: those things that i mentioned and he's probably okay with like okay going into the season i'm okay with being like the one c still but if this team needs to make a trade to bring in like a another one c mm-hmm. whatever that may be like who knows we can dream um <laughs> but yeah. he he'd probably be okay with like okay i'll I'll cut my minutes at this point. You know, I need that rest anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you were saying, I think, and he's okay with that. Like if if that's how he's going to extend his career and get the most out of, out of his body and out of his career that he can moving forward still. So,
1: yeah. And I think, um, okay. So now we have, we've natural transition. We, we want to talk about the difference maker that Doug Wilson has hinted about, or we can talk about some of the other signings talked about Couture re-upping. That's great. Eight-year contract, $8 million. He's worth it. Good. No concerns with Couture. Yeah. Like, great. Couture was going to get seven years. Anywhere else he went, more money than eight. Yeah. Totally if you want to
0: argue with that, then go away.
1: <laughs> I think So. Vlasic. Not Vlasic. I think Hurdle had a good amount of money for him as well, like 5.65. That's fine. Um, he, I guess that's a three-year, four-year contract, so that's fine with me. Um, so, I just think given what those two players signed for, um, I think Hurdle could have gotten more than 5.6 if he went elsewhere, but I also think it was very clear that he didn't want to go elsewhere, so that's why I don't really think there's a ton to talk about because the deals are, like, totally standard, um... And there there wasn't really any concern that anyone was going to go elsewhere. I think Hurdle alleviated some of Sharks fans' concerns showing how well he did this past season um, with a like a full season without major knee surgery, recovery, anything like that. Like, I think if he wouldn't have shown how well you can do this season and how well you can do the playoffs, that 5.65 is a little high. But um, I think the fact that he did so well makes me... Um makes me happy. So I don't know. So I I, I mean there was this brief moment of time where we didn't qualify Dylan DeMello. Um and that was kinda weird. But and then I think I flipped out personally because I really like Dylan DeMello. Um I think he's super funny. And um yeah, so it was really sad because like we just we didn't end up getting Tavares, but then we also didn't qualify Demelo, and then I was like, No, we're gonna lose Doggy. Um so that was sad, but then we ended up signing him as a unrestricted free agent. So Yeah. Um I don't know why that was done. Clearly there's some motivation there for whatever reason. Um who else did be signed?
0: Well, I wonder if the DeMello thing was like they were trying to eke out some extra, extra space and they're like, listen, yeah, dude, but like, sorry. Yeah, like how much was he going to make? We, we would want you.
1: <laughs> yeah, what was he going to make? I'm
0: surprised he's only making 900000 but I guess he's never really had I mean that consistent of playing for the team to warrant like $2.5 million or whatever.
1: Well, what did Schlemko make? Like he's the perfect example of Schlemko, some guy with a bit of a offensive upside, super solid, sixth defenseman right-hand shot. I
0: think Schlumpko made two million. I don't think he
1: made two. I think he made one point. I think he made under two. So it's like, okay, if you're going to pay him, you're not gonna pay him a ton of money. You know, you're just going to pay him a little bit. So like, cool, whatever. The biggest thing in the air right now is that Chris Tierney is still unsigned. And
0: and has filed for arbitration.
1: Has Yeah, has filed for player-elected salary arbitration. Um, he made the league minimum last year um, after having a great 2015 season with the Sharks when he made the Cup and then totally fell off the face of the earth after that. So he got a prove-it contract, and he totally proved it. Um, but now, I guess, whatever it was qualified to him, he did not want. So... Yeah, it's a little awkward. I don't like that Chris Tierney's status is up in the air right now.
0: Yeah, it's a little worrisome. I mean, what's the worst that can happen, right? We lose him, but Tell he's me. like
1: a super solid third-line center. Yeah. Although, I, I guess if he I goes don't... to arbitration, we must sign him. I mean, okay, that's getting the well, specifics I don't know. it's we know. choose
0: to sign him by the, that declaration of he's worth this much, and if we don't, another team can sign him, right?
1: He might become unrestricted, yeah, I think. But yeah, I could see him getting three, ish. Yeah, um, and I guess that comes into hmm. Do you want to talk about difference makers or kind of the depth? Because I think the biggest questions right now for the Sharks going to this off season is, I think last season was a little scary, how it went and how it was panning out. Clearly, there was big additions needed. For the Sharks at the start of last season, all the way until the trade deadline, we got Evander Kane and then started killing it.
0: And Eric Fair. And we, Eric Fair, he was that. a big, was he was a big part piece. of this yeah. team
1: when we got him. Um, then we haven't done anything since then, uh, we uh, player acquisition wise. So we see the same team coming back. We'll assume we'll have a Thor- uh, healthy Thornton, and we'll have a full season of a Vander game with a full training camp and having played with us. So he knows what our style of play. He'll have time to gel. He'll hopefully play with Thornton. So Thornton has a nice trigger guy. Um, so I think the team will be better. Doesn't seem like the Pacific division has really come out guns blazing. So I don't necessarily think we're like in any risk for the playoffs. Um, Vegas awesomely has lost players. They lost Perron and they lost James Neal, and then they lost the magic dust that was on all the players for last season, having everyone have a career year all at the same time, and William Carlson score on every fourth shot he took.
0: So, <laughs> oh gosh,
1: yeah. So their team has changed, <laughs> and they lost like I don't know how many goals. Um, Perron had like sixty well, something points. points? Yeah. yeah. So there's a ton of points out the window. Not really replaced by anyone. They got Paul Stastny.
0: Yeah. Cool. But I think that's a negative net minus. I don't think that's a net minus. Negative net. Yeah.
1: But I don't think it's. I don't think he's going to score sixty points, and if he does, good for him. But then they're just net positive. There's no. There's no difference there. Yeah. And then they still have to replace what happened with uh, James Neal. And William I don't need to talk about that because I don't really care, but William Carlson still hasn't signed a contract, and that would be the worst <laughs> that would be the worst negotiation of your life. Like everyone knows he's not gonna score forty, right? Like, I mean we all yeah, say that's... that we know, we don't it seems extremely unlikely by everyone's standards that he's gonna score forty again. He believes in himself, so he wants to score forty. So then you're signing his contract based on a forty goal score or a twenty goal score. Or 30-goal scorer for how long? What do you want to do? Or a
0: 10-goal scorer.
1: You know what I want? I want them to sign. Yeah, a 10-goal scorer like he was in Columbus. I want him to sign yeah. an eight-year contract, and it flop hard. I would love for that to happen. I want him <laughs> Dude, to be that's so team. vindictive. I don't care how vindictive it is. They're in our division, <laughs> man. They did the whole NHL thing. Yeah, I don't thing. know. We're biased I'm okay with them care.
0: being average, but doing what they did last year was very frustrating.
1: Yeah. I don't really care about them. I don't really care about other teams in the NHL, but my least favorite teams in the okay, NHL right now l- are currently the Maple Leafs and the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights in no particular order.
0: And perpetually the Oilers for all the hype they got the last <laughs> <couple> of years. <laughs> yeah, the
1: Oilers are up there too. But I think they've been <laughs> brought down to earth by the horrid season they have had this past season. And people are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't hype anyone just because they're young. Maybe they also need to be good. AKA, let's yeah. look at Calgary and as well, you know.
0: Which would be nice if Toronto had a flop season again. <laughs> oh,
1: that would be so glorious! The Sharks make the final.
0: <laughs> they, would they would be become always. the Oilers of last year, but it's it happens to the Maple Leafs. They only have like seventy points in season.
1: Yeah, so we're coming into this season pretty much with the same roster we finished it with, except for plus a Joe Thornton. We assume he'll be healthy because we're not going to assume he's going to have another catastrophic knee injury. Um, so our top six is dope. Like, obviously, if we could get a first-line center who's, like, 26, we would love it, but that doesn't grow on trees. Um, so our top six looks great. The biggest questions are in our bottom six, um, especially... I think it's Jenny- a question
0: with our bottom six, but at the same time, I'm excited to see what our bottom six is. Yeah, can do. it's
1: not, like, a question right? that doesn't have any answer. It's a question with a lot of answers, and we want to find out which one it is.
0: It's not, like, Toronto Maple Leafs D question. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. question mark, like... Oh, you guys have a lot of promise. Let's see what you guys can do.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. It's a multiple choice. It's not a free response. <laughs> it's not, if you don't know, nothing's there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I, I mean, because LeBanc, like, think about it. You have, you have LeBanc. We have this new guy, Antis, how do you say his name? Suomela? I'm new, not finished. The new European signing, the new Donskoy. <laughs> I hope he's, so, yeah. Continue. Um, hopefully Tierney's back. You got Goodrow that maybe can take a couple, take a couple steps forward again this year. Hopefully, I mean, I mean, I thought Goodrow showed some good things. What's that?
1: Goodrow's twenty-five and he's not. He's hit his ceiling. Like, maybe he scores like five more points. He's not going to be. Uh, a I don't know. Maybe.
0: I, okay. Well, at least let's defer discussion about Goodrow a little bit. But Sorensen. I mean, Sorensen showed some good stuff in the playoffs. Am I right?
1: Yeah. And yeah. And he. You know. Wow. He's twenty-six. Yeah. But I think, his, I think his game finally is coming around. And if he has a whole season like he finished the season, I think he could look like a very different player when we're done.
0: I think Doug Wilson's right. I think we have a good team. I just think that with all the hype there was of us maybe getting our team better and nothing happening, it's just hard to swallow right now because you see other teams around the league getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want you want to get better as well. I mean, I think it's okay. I think it's okay personally for us to go into this season the way we are, but I am expecting something to happen mid season. Yeah. Um, Doug Wilson's, he said it, you know, we're in win now mode again, which is just so cool. That we the best we're, mode to be. The sharks in. can keep, they were in like a refresh mode for a bit, mm-hmm. but still staying competitive. Only missed the playoffs one season. Uh, but I do expect something to happen now. I really am at a loss to know what that is. People are talking about Tyler, Seguin already about being a free agent next summer. I've also heard that he really likes it in Dallas for some reason. <laughs> I went to Dallas. It was all right. It was kind of boring landscape wise, but it, if you like good food, I guess it's good. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. And you sure. like really
0: erratic weather. That's fine too. <laughs> but, um, who, who else is the other big free agent next summer?
1: Uh, Carlson
0: yeah but he's gonna get traded
1: yeah but I mean I guess he could sign an he's gonna get he can, traded and sign signed an right though. away the yeah. other one was Dowdy Doughty, but Dowdy re-signed so
0: D- yeah, yeah yeah no, no thanks too
1: <laughs> I mean so this is what I was thinking about so I would say, take Carlson
0: I, Dowdy I do not like him
1: oh yeah because he's a total thorn on our side like, he's a great <laughs> oh my player gosh.
0: he's so good his denunciation of his friendship with couture is like yeah i don't know that guy i don't i don't know why he's making a big deal of it it's like what yeah Yeah, i don't know maybe it's true what he's saying but remember how we beat them in 2016 and couture had said that he's like buddies with him and then he's like yeah i don't even apparently he told people yeah i don't know like we just like see each other in the off season we're working out but we're like not that close it's (laughs) like oh dear cutting ties
1: <laughs> it's like that meme. <laughs> My friendship with X is over. I'm not friends with Y. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny.
0: Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So. Anyway, what were we talking about? This is interesting because
1: I, I was thinking about this too. It's like clearly the need is our oh, first line center, mm. right? Because Jumbo's going out the door. Our wings are pretty much short up People with talent working their way up the roster. Uh, wings are also much easier to acquire than a center. So that's a more solvable problem. I was thinking, because obviously there's report like Carlson, Eric Carlson is around the news. He's going to get traded. There was reports that the Sharks were trying to get in him too. And I was like, man, why would we do that? And then I'm thinking like, dang, like if we had Burns, like if we had Burns and then Carlson playing, the entire game, one of them would be on the ice. Except for maybe yeah. like, Seven yeah. minutes.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And if there's like a couple power plays, like literally the whole game. And yeah. then, like, how would you handle always having Burns or Carlson on the ice? And the thing is, is our system is already.
0: Um, so get to the point heavy. Back to the point heavy. It's all back oh, to the. Back, back
1: hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> It's like not only that, but we have that quick breakout thing, which Carlson is very good at with his first pass. Um, and uh Could
0: I just say you're getting me really excited right now?
1: I know, right? It's just like, oh my god Don't do this to me. Okay, um, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> but my, I raised my own internal questions of, oh my gosh, what if we had Burns and Carlson, and then it's a system already favoring offensive defensemen? I was just like, ah, ah, ah,
0: ah, ah. yeah, it would be amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 crazy, crazy. And then you could pair him with Braun, Like, oh my god although you wouldn't break it, did, it wouldn't matter
0: who's on offense because they'd just be the cleanup crew for shots from the point right yeah. or feed passes
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so
0: yeah so i think like, carlson's maybe a little bit better at, at getting some like nifty feeds through you know um i don't know burns it seems like, like it seems
1: like burns is the better goal scorer yeah carlson is the better defensive defenseman and then
0: well he's good at dishing it out too It seems. yeah
1: i mean burns is too but burns like shoots yeah. for puck shoots for sticks yes so it's more He'll like will go a, for deflections versus
0: like a one-timer you know
1: yeah 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 that's where the comes in <laughs> on the powerpoint yeah. he dishes so yeah so it's like oh okay what if we acquired and i i think the only defenseman like that i would like to acquire would be um carlson yeah. Like, I don't want to have... Would you like give a... up
0: Tierney LeBanc, a first-rounder, a second-rounder? Yes. And Josh Morris. Norris for Carrick Carlson?
1: Yeah, except for it's not going to be that. It's going to be Timo Meyer, uh, Dylan Gambrell, <laughs> a first, a second, and like a fifth. Or two firsts, yeah. and then both of those players. Actually, no, because maybe not. So he's not signed. I don't care. I don't care. He's not signed. And it's likely not going to happen. I'm not going to get my hopes up. But he's not under contract next yeah, season. Yeah, you could
0: cut down the asking price a little bit because he's yeah. Um, and that's that's Or the they could thing. do a sign and trade.
1: Yeah. So if you were getting him signed for more than one season instead of just one, yeah, it's going to be like here's half our roster. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> you're never going to get that. So, um. So yeah, I think this Auntie Suomela guy. Could be interesting. Um, I think the fourth line center spot is kind of uh, a question a mark, question what's mark with there? many options yeah. that should be able to fill it well. Apparently, Auntie Sulamela scored. He was—I know for a fact—he was the leading scorer in the Finnish league as mm-hmm. a young person. However old he is, um, and then I think, I think in Kevin Kurz's article, I may get that wrong. It was some Sharks beat writer was saying that he he did it as a third line player on the second power play unit.
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, uh, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. So it's like, okay. And then they were saying, uh, I think it was Paul Gackle in his latest article, um, was saying that he can handle a third line center role. So Mm -hmm. maybe that puts Tierney up in question more. Um, the Sharks also signed some highly sought-after prospect that starts with the K as well. Like he's not going to make the NHL this season or something like that. But um, yeah, so it's like the fourth line, the fourth line, and the third line wings. Like where do you put where do you put our wing player, players? Like it seems to be that like the Sharks have this power forward winger matched with a center but they and like a to skilled do. winger and then the, the other, yeah, I guess it's a skilled winger or just like a winger who plays well with the other players. Cause you got Evander Kane and Joe Thornton, Tomas hurdle, um, Timo Meyer, Tomas Myrtle, Tomas Myrtle, Tomas hurdle, and then Logan Couture and then Timo Meyer. And then I would prefer him to be in the top six. I think he will be a top six winger, but then where yeah. do you put Donskoy? I would put third in, line. I would put Donskoy above Lebank but Lebanc shouldn't be on the fourth line. He's not going to do anything. Does that mean Donskoy goes to the fourth line? Because Donskoy can play in the fourth line. But Lebank still doesn't have that size to do it. He doesn't really seem effective. So then does he play in the third line? Are you utilizing him enough? Like, what do you do? Like it like our wingers, we have a lot of wingers. <laughs> it's like, what do we do with all these wingers? I need centers. <laughs> like, how do I handle all these wingers? Yeah. So I have no clue how the roster is going to shape up. I always on my whiteboard at work when I'm just trying to wait for something to finish. I like kind of like move over my whiteboard. I'm like, okay, Joe Thornton first line center. Okay, what's that? They do with Kane. Okay, well then, Hurdle with Couture. Okay, well then, Tierney's at the third line, and now it's like, is Tierney at the third line? I don't know. And then I try to place our wingers, <laughs> and I'm like, well, Pavelski's always with Thornton, so he's going to be up there. And then it's like, where do you put Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, Don Donskoy, Gambrell? Uh, Sorensen, Sorensen, Goodrow, Goodrow, and then um, now,
0: Suomela.
1: Like he, he was clearly killing it in the Finnish league as a pro. He's not going to come to North America to play for the Barracuda. Like he clearly, if he scored sixty points and was the leading Finnish league scorer, like he clearly has enough skill to at least play in the NHL at the fourth line. I think he maybe he'll start the season. Like if he if he doesn't make the lineup outright for the Sharks, like I think he could start the season for the Barracuda get used to North American ice and then move up to the sharks or something like that. But it's just like, yeah, I have no clue what the roster is going to look like. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think?
0: Yeah. I can't offer you any definitive answers either. I think it's going to be those players mixed in and out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, I think they're going to see what happens in training camp. And from there, they're going to slot people in and out a little bit. And, um, based on how people are playing, based on how they envision how things might go with line combinations, they may package certain players for a trade. Yeah. Um, I think
1: that's something I was thinking about. As right. Well.
0: Like, like say for example, they were like, okay, you know, Melker Carlson, you, you've serviced us very well, but, um, it's not fitting so well so we'll send you another team where you can keep playing maybe he becomes part of a package um or it could be another player you know maybe they're they're over they're over Don which would be sad cuz you would really want Don to reach his potential
1: yeah i want Don to stay shark forever simply because of that <laughs>
0: yeah no <laughs> Don game
1: 3 game winning goal in overtime
0: So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good.
1: Like Tierney,
0: I hope like everybody, because I hope it's like part two of this past season where the young players stepped up Mm -hmm, and just got, just got even better, you know?
1: Yeah. So it's like, okay, what if Suolomela comes in and Gambrel comes in? Um, and then, so you have two centers. Let's say you want to make them, okay. What does Suolomela play? Suomo plays center, right? Good. But then, also, Doug Wilson, the past like five interviews he's given, has talked about Vincent Proplin a lot. Oh. No. And he's yeah, been like, playing. Who is he? He's this uh, guy that was picked up out of training camp last year. Um, okay. And he's a, a good Swiss League player um, who I was excited about, and a couple other teams were trying to sign him, I believe. And he signed with us, and I think he played... I think in Switzerland last year, or something like that. But he's been playing as a pro for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we have some of our guys like Chimaleski and uh, Chikovitch, and Balsers, and um, there was another person that gets mentioned a lot as well, that are coming up. And it's like, okay, so we're everyone likes Le, Le, everyone likes LeBank, everyone likes Tierney, but if Gambrell comes in and we move him to wing, and we have uh, Suono play center. What if Suamella can play third-line center? That makes Tierney expendable, but Tierney has a really low contract and he's young. That's an awesome, tradable asset that's worth a lot. Like, an accomplished third-line center who's defensively responsible can score above 40 points is how you win Stanley Cups, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have one of those. Like, if we find someone like Balsers comes up or something like that, Balsers starts killing it. Balsers a 20-goal scorer, like, whatever – Not saying that can happen, but if that happens, then LeBanc is tradable. You know, LeBanc has a really good contract. He's an RFA. Then you have these players, and he's also 22, so, you know, he's a lot of room to grow. Not saying these things are things that will happen, but, like, you just look around the roster, and it's exactly what you were saying. I think previously in the last podcast, I was saying, I want us to make the move early so that the team has more time for the player to come in. Yeah, and gel with the team before the season starts so we have more time along the season. But it's clear that the player isn't on the market right now. Um, we tried our best to get Tavares, and I think we needed to fix our team and attend to our RFAs and our UFAs um, and signing players to extensions once that was done because it seems like that was kind of put on hold because things were right. in flux with we got Tavares or not. Didn't get Tavares, cool. So... There was the draft or the draft before that, so it just seems like we're kind of in a holding pattern as well. And I think we're gonna make a mid-season trade as well. I hope we don't have to wait till the trade deadline. That would be brutal, you know. Yeah, I think we might see after about a month or two into the season, you kind of know how the team is looking. So hopefully, we don't have to wait too long for it because clearly Doug Wilson has said we're gonna make we're gonna do something. Right. And he hasn't said I don't think he said like We're, we have this we have all this cap space we have the op season to use it. We might wait until the season starts. I think he said that. I know he said that. I don't think he said wait until the trade deadline. So I hope we don't have to wait until then. You know, that would be kind of brutal. Mhm. But yeah, if we if the only other player I want the Sharks I wanted the Sharks to take a look at if that was what they wanted was uh, Ryan O'Reilly he was traded so he's not moving anymore after that there's literally no one who seems to be available that's being talked about as available that I want on the team yeah unless Doug Wilson comes out and like signs Tyler Sagan or trades for another like I don't know like Mika Zibanejad or some other like young first line center player just like out of the blue that no one thought of like mm-hmm Gonna, I, I assume it's going to be a mid-season, midseason trade after we've seen how some of these prospects are coming in, which may or may not make other players available for trade. Because now that we're not signing a free agent, it has to come via trade, and we will lose roster players and we will lose high draft picks because we're going after a difference, di- di- difference maker, maker, maker. <laughs> for now, in the few, 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 few future. pew, pew, pew.
0: Yeah, well, we can run around in circles talking about ideas, I guess, or just not come up with anything because it's hard to really think about who might be tradable. But um, I think that's a good place to end for today. Um, there's some things we didn't cover, like the draft, but I'm sure people know we signed a risky we young defenseman, Ryan, Ryan Merkley. Yeah. Well, we drafted him. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Um so we'll see. We're going to the silent period of the summer. we mm-hmm. We'll see if it gets a little exciting with a little trade day day day, but probably not. Yeah. I expect like what you're saying, if th- something's going to happen, it'll probably be after the season starts, whether that's at the beginning of the season or close to the trade deadline. We'll see how things play out. I'm okay with taking a break for a little while.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. That like John Farnham like took it out of me.
0: Yeah, just like know, just, it's spinning up. Morning.
1: It's like no. Wait, like, uh, especially poor Lightning fans too, right? Because they were in the John Tavares stuff, and now it's Carlson right after. That's got to be like a lot to go through.
0: Except poor Islanders fans at the end of the day.
1: Except for they're in the Eastern Conference, so I don't care about them. Just like they don't care about
0: teams in the yeah. Western Conference. Also, yeah. Also, they're, they're you mismanaged
1: upset. him out of New York. That was
0: your undoing. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the fans' fault. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it would suck
1: if Couture was like, mm, peace. <laughs> that would hurt
0: that would be bad
1: but the thing is that there was never any risk for that just because of how the yeah, organization yeah, yeah. is run. because we
0: don't have a mismanaged organization yeah for sure okay man well cool enjoy your summer
1: i think i'm i think i'm no longer sad i think i'm just kind of over it
0: yeah i think i've moved on yeah i'm just i just need some time off you know and mm-hmm. then re- regrow the excitement when the season comes back
1: yep we have 7.3 million dollars in cap space
0: Yep, we'll see what happens. We'll see
1: what happens as we go.
0: See if Chris Tierney takes some of that in a little bit.
1: Yeah, I hope he does. I don't want to Hopefully. lose him.
0: but not too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, but no, but yes, but none. You
0: you can stay, but but don't eat too much food. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can live here, just just, just don't in raid the, the pantry. garage
1: and only on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah. And my car will be in there as well.
0: Yeah. All right, man. All this right. was fun. Uh, should we market ourselves on Twitter and everything?
1: We're on Twitter. Of
0: course we should. I'm at DMIGS22 on Twitter. You can follow me there. I'm uh, at Ian is at Ian said so. Yes. He doesn't spell his name in a strange Ian way. It's, it's just I-A-N. I-A-N. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple. I've gotten
1: E-N before on my Starbucks cup.
0: And I finally memorized our... our podcast twitter it's at underscore back to the point
1: yep give us a listen uh we had an issue where you couldn't hear all of our old episodes and see how we've contradicted ourselves over the past year and over the two (laughs) seasons that we've covered so far um but now you can listen to I fixed that bug put my profession to work so give us a listen subscribe on apple podcasts and all the other stuff we're on pretty much everything give us a
0: review if you think we're average terrible good yep yep somewhere in the gradient along those lines but yeah we have fun doing this Mm -hmm. um it's fun doing this past season we're looking forward to the next season and uh go sharks go sharks but uh you probably
1: won't hear from us until the season's about to start yeah because like the sharks we enjoy our off seasons as well because we're yeah. real people. And if we
0: did another podcast, it would be incredibly boring, probably.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I think the only reason you're going to hear another podcast from us is unless it's the like we a week trade before for the Eric season, Carlson. or we <laughs> trade for someone
0: before then. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Cool.
0: Cool. All right. Go Sharks. Go See you guys next time.
1: Sharks. Bye.